Hey, I'm Sally Sykes. I'm a functional medicine health coach in Austin, Texas. And this is my first podcast. And I wanted it to be on perimenopause and menopause since today, October 31st is the last day of October, which is World Menopause Awareness Month. I made a few posts about, about this subject in the last month, but I wanted to go ahead and make it the subject of my first, first podcast because it is so near and dear to my own heart. I'm 50 years old and replacing my own hormones and have been for a while. But so many of my coaching clients are also on that journey. And what I found is there's not as much support out there in the medical establishment as we like. Now, I'm always keeping a good list of practitioners to refer my coaching clients to. Along those lines, I'll remind everyone that I am a health coach, former attorney. I am not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a prescriber. Always, always anything you hear on this podcast or any of my content, you want to check with your own doctor and make sure it's right for you. Anything I talk about is for educational purposes only. And really my purpose is to help educate you and help you become a better advocate for yourself so that when you go to your doctor and you have only seven minutes with them, you can ask the right questions. You can get better results in less time because I know it takes a long time to get in to see your doctor these days and you can be prepared because, you know, look, life is short. A lot of the coaching clients coming to me have been working on their health for, you know, a decade or more and not getting anywhere, being told that they are normal, that their labs are normal, a normal range, and that all their symptoms must be in their head. And they're being handed antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications and sleeping pills, which are, you know, turning them in to someone they don't recognize. And definitely changing the way they present in the world and their ability to bring their gifts to the world. We've got to put our masks on first, you guys. We are such caretakers as women, but if we are not taking care of ourselves, our cognition, our mental health, our hearts, our bones, our libido, I'm sorry, that is part of health. Our skin, we can't be our best selves to everyone else. This is my mission and um, the, the primary thing that I do is functional lab analysis. You come to me and you say, I'm, I'm losing my hair. Uh, my libido is gone. I cannot lose weight to save my life. You know, I'm, I'm itchy all the time. I can't sleep. I'm anxious and depressed. What is going on? My doctor says I'm totally normal. I say, okay, what labs do we have? And, you know, you'll share the labs you have if they're within the last year. I say, okay, well, we're missing all of these based on what I'm seeing you know, typically we'll have, if they test any hormones at all, they might test an estrogen, maybe, maybe a progesterone, maybe a testosterone, rarely all three for thyroid function. They're only testing a TSH. And so getting the lab tests we need and then analyzing those from an optimal standpoint. So there's a difference between optimal ranges and the normal lab ranges that you see when you get your labs done. Normal lab ranges vary by lab. They're just the statistical middle of all of the sick people getting those labs at that lab with the ends cut off. So you're right in the middle. And if you think about the American population, the average American has at least one chronic disease. Over 90% of us are metabolically unhealthy, pre-diabetic, diabetic, overweight, obese. So normal ranges as the American population is getting sicker and sicker, normal ranges for Americans, those ranges have gotten sicker and sicker. So most of my clients don't want to be normal for the average sick American. They want to be optimal for good health, for disease prevention, for living their best lives, for not having brain fog, for being able to build healthy, strong muscle, to be able to continue to have an active sex life, to 
have good relationships because they have their mood is is good and they're not irritable and grumpy with their children or spouse or friends. They have enough energy to work out. They can sleep at night. Those are the goals that most of my coaching clients are looking for. And they're not getting the help they need from conventional medicine. They're being medically gaslit. They're being told you're normal. It must be all in your head. So they come to me. I analyze their labs once we get the right ones. And then I help them find a, usually a functional medicine practitioner, because it's just a lot easier, even though a lot of them are not covered by insurance. Most people have spent so many thousands of dollars in conventional medicine, gotten nowhere that they are fine. They would much rather spend money out of pocket on a functional medicine practitioner and be feel better in three months than another decade in conventional medicine, no matter how it's covered by insurance and getting nowhere. So back to the hormones. And we'll start by just repeating kind of what is menopause and what is perimenopause. So menopause is defined retrospectively. We're looking back and saying, oh, you've, it's been 12 months. We've had no period, no bleed. And then your doctor may do an FSH test, blood test. And if that's over 30, sort of three times in a row, and you've had no bleed or no period for 12 months, then we generally say you're in menopause now. Until then, that sort of, you know, seven to 10 years beforehand, really anytime after 35, that's considered perimenopause territory, right? And that's when we start to see those symptoms of, you know, insomnia, anxiety, hair loss, Weight gain, especially around the middle, allergies can go up, thyroid function can fall, libido can fall, muscle mass can fall. And the reason those things happen is that, you know, as we get older, we are ovulating less and less. And ovulation is when we, our bodies create progesterone. Progesterone is a calming hormone that, you know, most of us know progestation. It's really critical for maintaining a pregnancy you ovulate and your body creates progesterone to sustain a potential pregnancy. If you do get pregnant, the progesterone stays high for the duration of the pregnancy. If you do not get pregnant, the progesterone falls and you get your period. So what happens when you, you may be cycling, still having regular periods, but sometimes you can have what's called anovulatory cycles. And this happens more and more the older we get, where you have, you're still having periods, but you may not be ovulating every month. And when that happens, our progesterone levels fall. And then we have still have these high estrogen levels, but not enough progesterone to balance it. And then we start getting symptoms of estrogen dominance, which can be sore breasts, very heavy, painful periods, headaches, weight gain around the middle, hair loss, insomnia, anxiety, increased allergies, histamine intolerance, those kind of things, lowered thyroid function because progesterone helps convert the inactive thyroid hormone to the active thyroid hormone. Um, what we also see during perimenopause is a fall in testosterone and not always. There's some people who have uh, something called PCOS that is rooted in insulin resistance and causes uh, testosterone to be higher. That's why it's always good to work with your doctor and test don't guess when replacing hormones, especially in perimenopause, because we're looking at microdosing only certain hormones usually. So typically in perimenopause, we are not yet replacing estrogen because perimenopause is a time when we're still cycling. So we typically have plenty of estrogen still. It'll just be high and then it will fluctuate, right? We still, it might be ups and downs, but adding more estrogen at a time where we're potentially estrogen dominant, too much estrogen, not enough progesterone is usually not what doctors are looking to do because of the symptoms that can cause. So usually in perimenopause, we're looking at adding some oral micronized progesterone. I'm age 50. So I take this every day, take one to two of these every day. They're usually in 100 to 200 milligrams. And it's, these are taken at night. This is bioidentical. And the reason the oral progesterone is taken at night 
is because when it's metabolized in the liver, it creates this beautiful metabolite called allopregnanolone, which is very calming and helps with sleep and anxiety. So it's really great to take at night. <clears throat> and then I also take an over-the-counter progesterone cream, and that does not make you sleepy. And this is one I apply to my chest every morning. And you may or may not read different things about progesterone cream. Some say, oh, it's not well absorbed. You're not, when we do blood tests out on people on progesterone cream, we're not seeing it. Um, and then I've read other things that actually it is absorbed. It's just simply going into the cells and getting used before it's getting into the bloodstream. I need to do more research on this. This is something you can ask your doctor about, but I've been using it and I've noticed difference. And my, I've had clients using the over-the-counter progesterone cream for quite a while, particularly on the forehead for migraines. And I've just seen it. If to be effective too many times clinically to, to think that this is, has to, that it could be just a coincidence. Do your research, talk to your own doctor, reach out and let me know if you, if you read anything, send me articles. I am a huge lifelong learner and, and always want to stay up to date on anything that, that I'm doing. So perimenopause, we're looking at replace, starting to replace progesterone. Look, if you're, you know, 35, 40, you're still cycling, you might be thinking about still having another child. So you do want to still support those, your fertility. You can still take oral micronized progesterone. You would just not take it every day. You would take it the last like 10 days before your cycle starts, before your period starts. That's when progesterone should be its highest. So you wait until you ovulate and then you can support that part of your cycle. There are some great studies on supplementing with bioidentical oral micronized progesterone during those 10 days, two weeks before your period in terms of eliminating PMS, lightening up very heavy cycles, because again, it's balancing that estrogen that can be extremely helpful. And then the other thing that we see in perimenopause often is falling testosterone, especially if you've ever been on the birth control pill. Many birth control pills will take your testosterone to zero and raise a binding globulin that basically makes your free testosterone unavailable. And that stays high, that binding globulin stays high even after you've been off the pill for quite a while. Uh, if this is, happens even if you're only on the pill for six months, I think is what the study says. And I know from personal experience, I've been off the birth control pill for several years now, and my sex hormone binding globulin is still flagged high every time it's tested. And so when I replace my testosterone, I have to get my total testosterone up to almost 200 to get my free testosterone, which is the, the amount of testosterone that's unbound by that binding globulin that's permanently high from being on the pill to get that free testosterone into the optimal range, which for most women is like a three to five, sometimes up to 10 to get it anywhere near that because most of my testosterone is being bound up by that binding globulin from being on the pill for so many years. So talk to your doctor about that. If you feel like you have symptoms of low testosterone, which is going to be low muscle mass, low libido, hair loss can be uh, an issue with low testosterone and with high and, and confidence, mojo, your desire to get out of bed in the morning and get dressed, put on makeup, go shopping, basic things that sort of make you feel like your, your confidence. Those are testosterone related and pay attention to those, those parts of your personality that you thought, oh, I just, I guess that's, that's gone. And I'm just never going to have that again. Uh, not necessarily you're in there. <laughs> so um, ask your doctor about it. Uh, you can, I always say with, with hormones and hopefully your doctor would say this too: start low and go slow. Everyone's optimal dose, everyone's optimal range 
is going to be different with hormones. And I think it's one of the reasons it's hard to find a good practitioner to help with bioidentical hormone replacement, because it is an art and you have to listen to your patient. You have to ask them, how do they, they feel? Because you're not going to, you know, as a practitioner, you're not going to just have labs and say, oh, you're in the optimal range. I guess you must feel better. And if you don't feel better, then you're wrong. That's not the case. There is a range that is typically optimal for most people, but you also want to listen to the patient. Are they still symptomatic? Do we maybe try to tweak something else? Have we looked at thyroid as, which is so huge in, in hormones as well. And moving on to that, what I had, I did have a question about, I'm replacing my hormones, but I still can't lose weight. So that's such a good question because you see a lot of content on social media about weight loss. and Oh, I just replaced my hormones and now I don't have a belly, blah, 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 blah. And for some people, that is it. That is the root cause of their weight loss resistance. But for most of my patients, weight loss resistance comes down to many things. The most common is insulin resistance. And that one is best treated with low carb and intermittent fasting and semaglutide or GLP-1 medications are incredibly effective at at weight loss and reversing insulin resistance and cardiometabolic disease. We see patients going from the highest risk of heart disease down to the lowest risk in their labs within three to six months on these medications, even on low doses, which, which is what I prefer to see. The, the lower, we want lowest effective dose of these medications along with coaching on diet and lifestyle. That way we, we minimize side effects and maximize the, the health and weight loss results. So these are amazing tools. So weight loss resistance can be insulin resistance. It can be hormone related. You're not replacing hormones in perimenopause, menopause, or andropause, or you're on synthetic hormonal birth control that causes weight loss resistance as well. Like the Mirena IUD, the birth control pill, the kind of thing. Those by the way, are not bioidentical hormones. Those are synthetic. They are not the same molecules that our bodies make. When I am talking about bioidentical hormone replacement here, I am talking about the same molecule our bodies make. I'm talking about actual real oral micronized progesterone, the same molecule our bodies make. Same with this bioidentical progesterone cream. Same with this testosterone cream. Same molecule our bodies make. Same with these estradiol patches. These are generic estradiol patches, estradiol, exactly the same molecule bodies make. Birth control or old 1980s or before synthetic hormone replacement was not bioidentical. It was not the same molecule. You can look it up. There's, they're literally, the molecule is not the same. Ethanol estradiol or horse mare's urine, that is not the same molecule as estradiol that our bodies make progestins or progestogens, not the same molecule as real natural progesterone. And they have different effects on the body. And if a doctor tries to tell you they're the same, ask them this, why is progesterone given to pregnant women to prevent miscarriage, real progesterone, while progestin or progestogens, fake progesterone, different molecule, is contraindicated during pregnancy because it can cause a miscarriage. They're different and they cause massively different side effects. So very different, not the same. Birth control is not an effective treatment for perimenopause or menopause. Get on the real deal. There's no reason it should cost a lot. Generic estradiol patch, compounded a testosterone cream if you need it. 
It can also be injected. I'm going to switch to subcutaneous injections of my testosterone because the injectable form converts at a lower rate to DHT, which is associated with hair loss. So I'm going to see if that helps with my hair growth and oral micronized progesterone. I think this was $24 or something. You guys, these should hormone replacement should not be expensive. It doesn't have to be. Now, look, if you don't think you're going to remember to do all this and you like the idea of doing pellets, even though they're not covered by insurance, they could cost a couple thousand a year, then do it. Just make sure they don't overdose you on testosterone. I see it. 99% of the time women come in with testosterone levels like 800. No, no, no. That that causes weight gain, chin hairs, hair loss, irritability, all kinds of issues. We do not want that. It's not necessary and it's really expensive, but there are some women who love it because of the convenience. They don't want to have to remember these other things. So I'm not going to poo-poo any method of bioidentical hormone replacement at all. It is entirely your choice and up to you and your practitioner. There should be shared decision-making going on and full disclosure. So some, some clinics say, you know, yeah, we don't, we only offer pellets and that, you know, and I get that, that is they're they're certainly more profitable, and, but uh, sometimes you just, just don't have the staff to, to order you know, to do the, the testing and, and all the calling and the prescriptions of the other things. And that's okay too. But, uh, but the best practices will let you know what all your options are and work with you to, to find someone that, that fits your needs. So those are the options sort of in perimenopause for hormones, but back to if you're replacing hormones and you still can't lose weight. So we talked about insulin resistance, we could be hormones. Number three, it could be suboptimal thyroid function. And typically your doctor is only going to test something called TSH, which is not a measure of the thyroid hormone in your body. It's a measure of the signal from your brain to your thyroid gland right here, master gland, asking it to make more thyroid hormone. And sometimes your body just doesn't ask for more thyroid hormone. It's kind of given up. Might be some adrenal fatigue going on. Maybe you're just inflamed, but you're, there's, there's some sort of miscommunication going on. So if your TSH isn't, isn't very high because your body's not asking for more thyroid hormone, even though it should, because your actual thyroid hormone levels are low, your doctor's not going to know that because if they're only testing TSH, they're going to miss it. What they need to test a full thyroid panel is a TSH, free T3, free T4, reverse T3, and both Hashimoto's antibodies, TPO and TG, maybe Graves, but Graves is hyperthyroidism. That's, that's where you can't gain weight. That's a different situation. The reason this is important is because if you don't have a full thyroid panel, you will miss a lot of low thyroid function. Not only that, but it is impossible in my view to properly treat thyroid without having the data from these all of these thyroid tests, okay? There are many different thyroid medications to use. When you're testing free T4, that's telling you how much of the inactive thyroid hormone do you have in your body? This is floating around and as needed, it's supposed to convert to the active thyroid hormone, which is free T3, which they, you should also have them test. But when your body is under a lot of stress, your body says, we're not converting free T4 into the active form to give you a metabolism, grow your hair, have you ovulate, be fertile, give you cognition, a good mood. No, no, no. Your body is under a lot of stress or is inflamed. It perceives that it's being chased by a lion. It wants to shut down your metabolism and it's the, it will put the brakes on your metabolism. Your thyroid is the master gland for your metabolism. And it will say, okay, instead of converting this T4 into active T3 to give you energy, we're going to convert it to something called reverse T3, 
which is the brakes on the metabolism, slows everything down. So guess what the number one medication is for low thyroid function. So even if you get identified as having hypothyroidism, the 99% of the time, conventional medicine is going to prescribe you something called levothyroxine, tyrosine, levoxyl. These medications consist of only the inactive form of thyroid hormone, T4. What happens if your body is under stress? And this is almost every lab I see because they're under stress, they're inflamed, they're insulin resistant, they haven't replaced hormones, they're on the pill, they are you know, eating gluten and a lot of sugar, their bodies are super inflamed. Their reverse T3 is very high. That, if your doctor hasn't tested that and they're giving you T4 only medication, you're just gonna convert that into the inactive reverse T3 and you're gonna still feel like garbage. But if your doctor has done a full thyroid panel and they say, oh, your reverse T3 is over 12, like we, we shouldn't just give you straight T4, you need some T3 as well. And the most successful practitioners I've seen with the happiest patients doing the best typically are on a base of armor thyroid, which is bioidentical hormone replacement for the thyroid. It contains a little of the inactive T4, some of the active thyroid hormone, direct T3, and then T1, T2, and calcitonin, which are basically, this is all your thyroid hormones and cofactors that work together. This is what our bodies would make normally. We don't just get one thyroid hormone. So when you're replacing, you want to give your body back what it would normally make. It just makes sense, right? The highest satisfaction rate for thyroid patients is a natural desiccated thyroid product like Armour and V-Thyroid. Then if you've got a patient who's also has reverse high reverse T3, they're not converting well, you may, I will see doctors also prescribe on top of that, some direct T3 medication to add on to that. So that would be called like Cytomel or Lyothyronine, that's T3 only. And then if we're seeing Hashimoto's antibodies, in addition, the TPO and the TG, so most low thyroid function is due to Hashimoto's disease or autoimmune thyroiditis. We may add something like low-dose naltrexone, which is a compounded medication that in, in very low doses can help reduce antibodies. Always recommend gluten-free and dairy-free as well if there's any autoimmune issue going on. Uh, for a lot of patients um, who are working on changing their diet and lifestyle, sometimes that takes time to implement and getting those antibodies down and feel, them feeling better uh, can be a huge huge help. So you can see if you haven't done a full thyroid test with all of these tests, you cannot adequately treat, treat the thyroid. So, and this is so critical, you know, my, my favorite book, Dr. Dale Bredesen, the end of Alzheimer's, he talks about like, this is prevention and, and reversal of cognitive decline. And he talks about, we've got to reverse insulin resistance. We have to optimize thyroid function. We have to replace our hormones. We need to optimize our nutrition, lower inflammation, all of these things together. And all of these things together also affect our ability to lose weight. So we talked about as far as weight loss, it's not only our replacing hormones, it's insulin resistance. It's also thyroid function. If that's not optimal, it's going to be very difficult to lose weight. Then nutrient deficiencies. That is so critical. So unfortunately, our soils are so depleted in this country that we just, the food does not have the same level of nutrition it used to. So supplementing is really important. I don't make any money off supplements, but I will show you what I use. And um, this is my favorite multivitamin. I just get it on Amazon, which look, I you know, I've been using it a long time. My levels are good. So I, I, I feel confident in this. I know there are a lot of people who, there's a lot of fraud on Amazon. So if you have one that you get directly from 
your practitioner, I would go with that. What I like about this one, it's a multivitamin. It has methylated B complex in it, and it does not have any copper in it, which I don't need because I was on the birth control pill for a long time, which causes excess copper retention, copper toxicity, and low zinc, which can cause low thyroid function, anemia, brain fog, weight gain, hair loss, anxiety, all kinds of things. So I don't want any copper and it doesn't have iron in it either. If you're supplementing with iron, iron needs to be separate from any other supplements you're taking. The only ones you can take iron with is vitamin C, lysine, ashwagandha, and lactoferrin. Those will improve the absorption of iron. Everything else is going to inhibit the absorption of iron essentially. And you want to take it on an empty stomach and you only supplement with iron after testing and not talking to your doctor because we never want to overdose on iron. So if you're thinking about that, don't, you know, test, don't guess and work with your doctor. That's, that's weight loss resistance and how, it re- how it relates to hormones. But when most people come to me with, with a weight loss resistance issue, we're, we're testing all the things. We're going to test hormones. We're testing thyroid. We're testing for insulin resistance, nutrient deficiencies, underlying inflammation and um, infection. And then we're making a plan and finding them, pairing them with a good practitioner who can help them implement the plan. And while they work with me on coaching. So, and typically I, you guys who've worked with me, you guys know, you, you usually don't see me again, like, right. You go off and and you get better and I don't see you again. You just send my, send me your friends. I work off referrals only, but I love that. Like this shouldn't have to be an ongoing process, right? We should get you optimized and educated and feeling empowered with your health and you know what to ask for. And you know that it's not too much to ask to feel like yourself and that you can stand up for yourself, that it is okay to ask questions and that you get on with your life. We don't have to sit here and stress about this. Uh, you know, we get, we get on a program and we get optimized and you go live your life. You start that business. You, you love on your kids. You go travel the world. You start a new beautiful relationship because you've got the mental capacity and the emotional bandwidth to do so. This is what this is all about for me. So, and I'm just, I'm super passionate about it, especially this time of life for women. I feel like a lot of us, I saw this yesterday. Somebody was like, you know, or that was on the golden bachelor, which is watching the golden bachelor. And she said, you know, I just will get to this certain age and we, we start to feel invisible. And that's really sad. And I think that's so true. And And there's no reason for that. We have a lot to give and the world needs us. So let's do this. Let's do this. Let's see. Okay. We talked about what is perimenopause, menopause. What is bioidentical hormone replacement? I talked about what I use personally. And again, this is what I use personally. What my doctor has specifically prescribed for me, given my symptoms, given my, where I am in my perimenopausal journey at age 50, specific to my labs. This is all going to be slightly different for, for every patient. If you don't have any symptoms, do you still need BHRT? I would say yes, because you still want to prevent heart disease, osteoporosis, urogenital tract issues, UTIs, and and dementia. So even at small doses, even if you're not symptomatic, and you guys, the most benefit we get from hormone replacement is within the first 10 years of menopause. So there's a window there. Once that arteriosclerotic plaque has, has deposited, adding hormones later on there's, I just read a study that actually you can increase the risk of heart disease if you start it too late. So you really want to get started on hormone replacement in perimenopause. If you and your doctor agree that it's good and right for you earlier rather than later, start with the micro dosing and continue on. And then you can continue on. I will be on, take these from my cold dead hands, right? I will be on hormones till the day I die. 
you're doing the preventative work to prevent osteoporosis and heart disease and dementia and pain during intercourse and dry vagina and all things that just make you feel like life isn't worth living, right? Keep in mind, there's a window and find someone good that you trust that you can really ask all your questions. Talk, talk to me. I can connect you with, with some people. I don't, I don't get paid to refer anybody to anyone. I don't, I'm not look that advanced. I have just my own personal list of when I hear back from a client, I had a good experience. I'm feeling better. I didn't get told it was all in my head or this test was ordering. This test is stupid. I write those people down. I write those practices down and continue to refer to them because I want my patients to get better and feel better and be, feel like themselves. Let's see. Do you need labs to get bioidentical hormone replacement? Yes. I mean, usually most practices are going to ask you to get some sort of baseline labs done. And I would recommend it, especially in perimenopause. And, and look, a lot of patients say, Hey, there's no blood test for perimenopause. No, there's not. However, perimenopause is characterized by certain symptoms that are usually based in the, in our falling progesterone. So if you can get a good progesterone test, if, you know, if someone is still cycling regularly and you can test their progesterone about seven days before your next period, you can find out if you're ovulating or not. I think, uh, OB-GYN NP I worked with in the past said that a progesterone of at least 20 at around that week before your period would indicate ovulation. If it's less than that, you might not be ovulating uh, or you could be ovulating, just not producing enough progesterone. And so that would tell us that maybe some oral micronized progesterone just in that second half of your cycle could make you feel better especially, but no, it's not necessary. You know, you could look at your, you have, might have a practitioner who just goes by symptoms and that is fine too. Look, if you're having super heavy periods, if you are having terrible PMS, hair loss, sore breasts, moodiness, anxiety, and insomnia, that's low progesterone, right? And depending on your age, at my age at 50, I'm taking my progesterone every night. Someone who's younger who may still want to have kids and, you know, not worried about, you know, they, they still are making some of their own progesterone. Maybe they're just supplementing that last, you know, seven, 10 days before their period. If your periods are regular, you have PCOS and you're trying to reestablish cycles and you're just very estrogen dominant, or when you do get your periods, they're super heavy. You could still ask your doctor about oral micronized progesterone. And the way that would be done then, the way I've seen it with practitioners in this case is they prescribe it just two weeks on, two weeks off two weeks on, two weeks off until we get the underlying cause of that, which is usually PCOS, which the underlying cause of that is insulin resistance. So there are a lot of people on semaglutide who are trying to re restore fertility and reverse PCOS by reversing insulin resistance. So that can be a nice mix together for the, for the younger patients. You can ask your doctor about that. Any ways to do this and to individualize it. What do we talk about? Nutrient deficiencies. Okay. You guys, as we get older, our stomach acid actually falls. Stomach acid, we think of, oh no, we want to, this whole country is taking antacids and we think acid is so bad. Stomach acid is critical. It is critical for our ability to absorb nutrients. It is critical for our immune systems. It's the first line of defense or one of them against pathogens, you know, bacteria, viruses, parasites, E. coli, C. diff, SIBO, um, H. pylori, all these kind of things. So we don't have adequate stomach acid. We're not going to absorb the nutrients in our food or in the sup fancy supplements that we're taking, right? And we could end up with an imbalance of, you know, too much bad bacteria, to other underlying infections, just, you know, bloating, that kind of thing. So 
um, as we get older, stomach acid tends to fall as, and also stomach acid falls with low thyroid function or suboptimal thyroid function. So, um, and the trick with suboptimal stomach acid is that it can feel like reflux because when you don't have enough stomach acid to digest your food, the food just gets sitting there. So it starts to kind of come up and then people think, oh, I have too much stomach acid. No, it's the opposite. And solution for this is something called betaine HCL with pepsin. Again, I don't sell supplements. It's just what I use. And digestive enzymes are amazing. There's one by standard process that combines them both. The trick with these, you're replacing stomach acids. So you do not ever take betaine HCL with pepsin on an empty stomach. You're only taking this after your first few bites of food. These are amazing for anyone trying to lose weight, especially, or who's on semaglutide because that lowers stomach acid as well. Um, because you're not eating as much, you're really wanting to make it count. You're wanting to focus on nutrient density and you want to absorb every last nutrient in what you are eating and in the supplements that you're taking, right? To do that, we want to have first few bites of food and it's especially great for absorbing protein, which we definitely want to make sure we're hitting hundred grams of protein every day, especially on semaglutide or anytime we lose weight, right? You hear about semaglutide or GLP-1 medications, people having muscle wasting. Look, that happens whether you, when you lose weight, semaglutide or not, if you're not hitting your protein goal and you're not lifting weights, it just happens. So we want to absorb the protein that we're eating, have a few bites, then have one of these. You can have the, the digestive enzymes at any time, and that will help you absorb the nutrients that you are consuming. Here's my multivitamin with methylated Bs that I take. Do not take B vitamins on an empty stomach. That will make you feel nauseated and not great. Some other supplements that I love are magnesium at night. I'll take magnesium glycinate, magnesium L3-inate is great for the brain. You'll see it as brain mag or neuromag. And then magnesium citrate is amazing for constipation. Also take a souped up fish oil called pro-resolving mediators twice a day. That's super anti-inflammatory. And I take a good probiotic in perimenopause, menopause, nutrient density is key some intermittent fasting, at least 12 hours, you guys, between dinner and breakfast the next morning. That's huge for our ability to clear out old dead and disease cells. That's your body's rest and digest time. It should have at least 12 hours a day where it's not having to digest food. That's, you know, if this helps motivate you, this helps motivate me. This is the time when your body like literally goes into the brain and clears out amyloid plaques from the brain. I was like, oh, I don't want, I don't want that. That's no, no, thank you. Yeah. Giving that, you know, that intermittent fasting time, I try to go 16 hours a day. So like a, you know, eating all my meals between like noon and eight, but it varies, you know, my appetite changes honestly with the time of the, my cycle I'm in and that's okay. I'm more hungry before my period. That's Okay. But that's, it's really helpful for the metabolism. I mentioned before I have type two diabetes, so I am not very carb tolerant and the gentle intermittent fasting 12 to 16 hours a day has been really helpful in helping my blood sugar stay on in the optimal range. That is all I have for this first podcast. And if anybody would like to get in touch, I'll put some information down below. You can find me on Instagram at Sally Dahl Sykes, S-A-L-L-Y-D-A-H-L-S-Y-K-E-S, same handle for Facebook, same for my email, Sally Dahl Sykes at Gmail. If you want to get in touch and book an appointment, you want to have me look at your labs, help you find a good practitioner, help, help you communicate with your doctor. That's, this is all the kind of stuff that I do. And I'd love to help you be your best self. 
All right, until next time.